Hello listeners, welcome back to the Portsmouth Running Podcast, episode 17. As always, I am your host, Daniel Del Piccolo, and we'd just like to welcome you all to the show. So, how is everybody out there doing? Uh, I hope you're all well, I hope you're all keeping safe and keeping healthy. Lockdown in our house is actually going surprisingly well right now. Um, of course, we miss um, a lot of a lot of things that we're used to doing. We also f- still feel quite uh, fortunate as a family to be uh, healthy, well, and kind of enjoying uh, the luxuries that we have all around us all the time in a rather kind of slowed down pace. Um, I'm curious to to find out um, what the listeners out there are kind of making of the situation right now. But um, certainly, um, I've had the discussion with with myself and the family a little bit and we're kind of enjoying not having all the hectic kind of schedules and lifts and and uh, kids activities to do every weekend and all the parties and stuff it it kind of gets a little bit overwhelming and we're kind of realizing now a little bit that uh, the slowdown is actually kind of being a little bit beneficial for our own mental health in a way um, which is strange because we're obviously living in a time where COVID-19 and not being able to see family and stuff is also having the opposite effect uh, on people as well. So yeah, just a really, really funny situation. But yeah, I think, um, you know, it's just been, everything's just kind of calmed down a little bit and, and we're feeling a little bit relaxed. Um, so obviously, of course, we miss things. And some of those things that I miss are, you know, seeing my family, uh, running in groups and racing with, with groups and obviously all the races that we've had cancelled. Parkrun, miss Parkrun massively. Um, even if I'm not taking part, I miss seeing park run taking place on the seafront every morning um, when I'm out on my long runs. And, and I think one of the other big things that I'm missing the most are, are hugs. And I think when this is over, I'm literally just going to hug everyone. So I apologize in advance. Um, if you see me out and about bounding towards you when this is all over, way down the line, whenever it is, and, and we're allowed to do this, I'm, I'm just literally going to give everyone a gigantic bear hug. So um, watch out, it's coming. Um, I also kind of miss going into work as well. I miss a little bit of the routine of... Uh, you know, having breakfast in the morning and getting dressed properly and kind of putting yourself up you know, together a little bit more and spending a bit time, more time in the bathroom, perhaps. Um, I think there's been a little bit less kind of hair brushing and going on and stuff, <laughs> which is kind of gross. But, um, you know, we just live how we live in the house. And, um, yeah, I miss kind of going to the office and I miss interacting with people and just having those little conversations over the partitions in the office um, a little bit more. So, yeah, so lots I'm missing, but also lots that I'm kind of taking away uh, as as kind of enjoying a little bit of the of the slowdown as well. Um, as for my training, well, uh, training's been going pretty well. Uh, I tend to at the moment um, keep myself in a pattern of doing two training, two speed training sessions a week, one on Tuesday, one on Thursday, kind of tip- your typical club sessions. Doing some 400s, 800s, mile reps. Sometimes doing some threshold running on a Thursday. So perhaps maybe. Uh, increasing some of those some of those miles to maybe a mile and a half 2k two and a half k um, running at kind of half marathon to 10 mile pace um, then the rest of the week I'm just you know slipping on the hockers and going for a nice kind of bouncy run along the seafront doing a few wall jumps and uh, mucking around there along the front it's been pretty good it's been great seeing so many of you out uh, and about on the seafront and obviously there's loads of waves and kind of stop stopwatch and, and have a bit of a distance conversation with people so it's been really really good um i've been doing a long run so i tend to kind of break up my long runs now into a pattern of a month of a month so i'll do uh, week one uh, about a half marathon week two is a 20 miler week three is a 20 miler and then week four at the moment i'm doing some kind of um you know covid lockdown challenge just trying to keep myself motivated uh keep myself in shape because we don't know what's coming around the corner with races 
I wanted to put a shout out as well to everyone taking part in the Runner Miles for Mine challenge, which started this week. And again, I've already seen quite a few people out there posting their Strava traces uh, from, I think the, the first run was this last weekend gone. I saw uh, a couple of couple of the guys from Runner out um, starting their runs as well with their families. And uh, yeah, it was a... Uh, it's a really, really good challenge. And I think they've had about five, maybe 5,000, just over 5,000 people uh, into this. So it's a fantastic cause, um, a huge amount of uptake. So it's so a really well done to everybody taking part and wish you all the best with that challenge. Um, thank you again for your emails and messages that have come through this week. It's been been really great hearing from you. And I've had a lot of um, guest suggestions for future guests on the show. So um, if you have got any of those as well that you want to share, please do email us. We're on Gmail. Uh, which is Portsmouth Running Podcast at gmail.com. We're on Instagram under the same name and Twitter under the same name as well. And we also have a Facebook page where you can post and comment on any of our uh, uh, podcast episodes that we release. So thank you so much. Keep the listening going. Keep the love going. Keep well, keep healthy and enjoy this next show. So my guest on episode 17 is uh, a Baffins Fit Club member. His name is Brett Rumford, and it was great to talk to Brett and find out uh, how he started running um, after having a, uh, a, a detached retina injury when he was younger and told that all contact sports that he, he used to do were no longer going to be um, possible, but he could jog. So pleased with that news, uh, Brett waited 32 years until he decided to take up jogging, so a bit of a break there. Uh, but yeah, interesting to chat to Brett, and also very, very nice to get to speak to a Baffins Foot Club member, which has been good. So hearing a little bit about the club and, and what they're up to and kind of how they're growing and stuff, it's really, really good. Find out about uh, Brett's running uh, after deciding to never, ever, ever want to run a marathon, how he how he eventually ran one uh, and got help from, from a friend as well. So some good stuff. I uh, hope you enjoy the show. And as I say, we'll be back with, a, with quite a few more interviews over the coming weeks. Um, I've got a number of guests lined up, so really looking forward to recording those. Um, and again, take care, run well, and as always, happy miles. Welcome to the okay. Portsmouth Running Podcast. I really, Thank really you appreciate much. your time. It's a pleasure. No, it's just great that um, you know so many people have agreed to kind of come onto the show and share their stories. As I was saying to you earlier, you know, you kind of people come onto the show and tell their tales and, and open themselves up and kind of really reveal what how running has kind of affected their life so yeah very very much appreciate it and just wanted to start by asking how everything is going with you during this these strange days uh well thank you yes thanks for inviting me on it's been really i'm really really happy to do this and uh um with such legendary people on here that have already done it it's it's, it's amazing but um well, yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> well people like you your, your, your debbie pentlands and um uh, Richard Twos and um, you know Rob Pigger, all the all, all these people on here are just mm. so interesting. Um, yeah, things are interesting at the moment because I've having run solo for about many years. Um, then I joined Athens and run in a group forever since then, and then yeah. suddenly I'm running solo again, and it's uh, been odd. Been yeah. odd. But the main difference is I always used to run with music mm-hmm. um, with an iPod, but um, I just haven't felt the need or the wish to do so at the moment. Um, whether it's because I need feel I need more 
to have more awareness um, of who's around because of that sort of crowded pavements and keeping distance from people and having to stop and let people go by. It, I, it just feels if I had the music on, I wouldn't really be quite as aware of things. And, and also you, you're hearing more of the nature or the bird song and everything now as well. So it's, um, it's, it's and uh, also you need to listen out for traffic, although there's not a lot of traffic. There are plenty of bikes, so yeah. yeah for sure. uh, I think, I think also, it's quite it's quite kind of daunting when you um, with all these electric cars that are kind of coming out now as well, because you you, you cannot hear them, especially when you've got music in your ears as well. Yeah, yeah, that occurred to me because um, somebody else was saying about these electric cars whether they should have some sort of noise fitted to them to alert people that there's something coming. Because I do depend on my ears a lot for. The traffic, and then I sort of like the, I look as a, as a second sort of uh, yeah. way of chat. But um, yeah, I'm going to have to uh, adjust that. I'm surely. Yeah, for sure. So, listen, Brett, have you um, have you been out running um, recently? Have you been out today? I have been out today. Yes, uh, I was. What did you do? Well, I've been doing a lot, a lot more hills. Um, a lot of the Baffins people who are not working on a Tuesday have been doing a lot of hills for the last. 18 months and as a little group and that sort of obviously has fallen by the wayside so you've got to actually do it now I live where I live to get to the hills I've got to run mm. five k just to get there but I've been doing it I've been doing it um, once or twice a week if I can and today I was inspired by your good self with your, oh. uh, your, marathon, <laughs> your marathon on Farlington Avenue yeah uh, the other day so I'll um I've been doing Farlington Avenue for 18 months, probably once a week, maybe maybe once a fortnight. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been fiddling around trying to find some new routes up that way. And I'm sort of, I know Portsmouth joggers have done some of those sort of up and down the roads, sort of from Caution to yeah. Hampton and back. So I've been trying a few of those out. And um, today I just went up Farlington Avenue and then... In, uh, I don't know if anyone knows Portstown Avenue is the next one to the west, which is a straight up and down, although it's not so long. And yeah, then the third was Drayton Lane, which is a bit like another Farlington Avenue. <laughs> so three yeah. long hills. And uh, well, I, I didn't realise it wasn't until I got home and synced Garmin and Strava and everything that I actually did my fastest ever Farlington Avenue ascent. Um the other two were also the fastest, but I've only done them a couple of times anyway. But Farlington Avenue, I think I must have done about 30, 40 times. So that wow. was pretty amazing to have done the fastest Farlington Avenue. And That's then brilliant. I, and then topped it off with going up um, well, Southwark Hill Road, which a lot of people call QA Hill, up the back of the hospital, up the top, oh, the yeah. top there. One. And then yep. finally I did a personal best on that as well. Um, right, I was... Right. Amazing. I was really pushing it on, certainly on the Farlington one, I was really pushing it. Um, but I, I, it was all really, all I can say is in these times when you can't train with a group, you, if you can get the determination to keep on on your own, um, do it. because it's and, and, and try some of the harder routes and vary your routes and try something different just to, yeah. you, you wouldn't want your running to become monotonous so um yeah just try exploring exploring Absolutely. i've been exploring 
roads I've never seen or even heard of before, all around um, certainly the sort of eastern side of Portsmouth and South Sea. Yeah, absolutely. And and Mr. Britt, you've obviously been training those hills for 18 months and it's with Baffin's yeah. Foot Club and it's obviously paying off now. But um, how do you know that uh, it wasn't yourself that inspired me to go and run Farlington Avenue on the weekend? Because <laughs> I obviously follow you on Strava and uh, I see everyone running Farlington Avenues all the time and stuff. So, yeah, so um, I think we kind of a good point to raise is that we, we all draw inspiration from each other. Um, I think it's, uh, you know, we, we, we yeah, all do. do. <laughs> yeah, we all do it. We all do it. Yeah, for sure. Oh, well, well done. So, listen, Farnington Avenue is a is a little bit of a beast of a of a hill, in, in, including all the other Ooh. ones around there. Um, what yeah. happens when you get to the, to the real kick of it at the end? Do you tend to kind of slow down, or do yeah, you power through bit, till the end? Um, it's a tricky one. Um, I tend not to start off too fast from the bottom, but this, but I've I've felt that's where I've lost in the past, lost some speed by not getting going quickly enough, early enough. So you get anyone who's around. Portsmouth who's running you, you get to a point where you go slightly right and then you veer left um, and then you get a little flat part yes. and then it's very steep and curves around to the right and that last part is it's energy sapping but uh, I mean that that lovely little um, road sign at the top has had so many runners leaning on it at the end and stretching and <laughs> yeah and I, was I think so <laughs> It's a very welcome sight when you get to the top of it, for sure. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Brilliant. But I, yeah. I'm really pleased the um, I'm really pleased the running's going so well for you at the moment. And obviously, I bumped into mm. you at the end of my own long run, uh, I think a week or, yeah. or so ago, um, and we had a little that chat together and stuff. And yeah, it just really sounds like yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. It's um, yeah, it sounds like your running's going really well. So it's fantastic that you've been able to kind of keep it going and stuff. And I know not everyone in every country has been able to go out and, and run, but it seems like. Oh. I kind of get the feel things are relaxing a little bit in a lot of countries. So I'm seeing a lot of friends post that they're able to get out a bit more now. So no, no, really, really, really well done. Oh, oh, so, um, so, so Brett, just to start, just to start with, um, I was going to ask a little bit kind of like a, about your, your background and stuff, but I guess to start with where, um, where were you born and where did you grow up? I was born in Portsmouth or South. In fact, I walked past the house yesterday. It was where my grand lived. Um, for years, yeah. I thought I was born in a little, um, in a flat Andover Road, which is just near Highland Road Cemetery. But um, only about three or four years ago, my mum said, oh, no, you weren't. You were born in your grandmother's uh, house in Essex Road. So in oh, wow. South. So I, I, we happened to walk past there yesterday. And uh, yeah, it's quite um, interesting going past places like that and um, so I was born there but um, in uh, 1959 um, yep. uh, about three years later my dad worked for the Central Electricity Generating Board which okay. was based down at the old power station in Old Portsmouth um, so older readers older um, listeners will uh, remember the two massive uh, um chimneys that were down there by the, where the Isle of Wight ferry goes now and um, my dad oh, got really? transferred okay. to uh, Bristol because um, they closed some of the offices in Portsmouth they got transferred to Bristol there's a lot of centralization going on in the 60s so we went went up to Bristol um, just north and and from living in a um, I think it was a three-room flat in um, sort of South Sea um, yeah. suddenly we were living in a brand new house on a brand new housing estate just near Hilton Aerodrome where they built the Concorde 
Um, he okay. must have had one hell of a relocation package. That's all I can think of because um, wow. he was only about 84 then. Um, and not only him, I can remember at least three or four of our sort of neighbours who lived in our road or the next road also relocated up there to these new houses. So I, I never did okay. get to ask them exactly what it was. But um, so I lived up there till I was uh, 19. So school was all up in the uh, Bristol area. Um, uh, went to a couple of junior schools and then on to, in those days they had an 11 plus exam. And if you passed, you could go to a grammar school, which is a little bit different to the grammar schools now in that the local authorities would pay a grant to okay. them to take people from um, state schools. So I, I was able to go there and you and you pay and your parents paid fees on a sliding scale, depending on how much they earned, which was seen fairly equitable. Um, so I went to Bristol Grammar School on long, long bus journeys most uh, days, <laughs> walking okay. up um, some horrendous hills. Anyone who's been to Bristol know there were some really steep hills, St Michael's um, Hill and Park Street and and I had to walk up those in the morning carrying a heavy uh, rucksack full of books which I think probably stood me in good stead as I've never had any um, uh, quad problems. <laughs> okay um, so, so, so your running training actually started way back then? Eh? <laughs> I was about 11 without realising. Um, yeah. I can remember the junior school we used to have like the school sports day um, on, out on the field and uh, it's usually like a 60 yard run in those days um, and we used to have a skipping race and sack races and relays and I can remember I have got a few certificates away somewhere I never won anything um, I think I might have run a relay but I've, I've never won any individuals I was like seconds and thirds and things over the years um, okay. um, going on to the uh, senior school we just played rugby a little bit of cricket and some athletics um not no I just didn't mind the athletics but it was really just like half a summer term so it wasn't really really that engaging I never wanted to do the cross country though in the winter I just, just how, didn't how, how, come, how come you never wanted to do that Brett because it was always cold and wet and um the, the cross country was they um, see, whereas the school it makes it sound as if it was a really rich school, it wasn't, but they had two playing fields with showers of well, reasonably warm showers. Um, if you did cross country, uh, they would take you on a coach and sort of drop you in the middle of the Mendip Hills somewhere and say you've got to do whatever, how many miles, probably it was only five miles or something. But, but then there's was, there was no shower or anything after. You just would have put, I suppose, a tracksuit on and back on a mini bus and they take you back to school where then you'd have to get home so you could be sort of covered in mud for hours so that's, that's <laughs> that sounds like absolute heaven to me <laughs> i know and you know what do you know what if i had my time again i'd do it yeah. i would do it yeah yeah that's right yeah yeah for sure oh, brilliant so so i guess so running obviously didn't play a part in your in your in your youth no. school but but you're your contact mm-hmm. sportsman I mean, you're braver than i am because I um I was always shy, kind of shied away from the contact sports. Um, in fact, I didn't do any running either in school myself. So, um, I was a, I was an anti-sports person. In fact, my 
when I was in school, I, really? my thing was the bagpipe band. So I, I've always played the, played the bagpipes oh, nice. just to get out of playing sport. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Hmm. Do you have any, um, do you have any siblings? Did you have any brothers or sisters that, that, that went to school? Well, brother and sister, um, yeah, they're both living down here again. They all, they all said they were going to stay up in Bristol when I moved down and they all moved back down eventually. People always followed the coast. He's about three years younger than me. He's not too good at the moment. He's had he's had pneumonia, and then he, they're they're ninety five percent sure he caught the coronavirus. Um, oh dear! And he hadn't Sorry. been out, um, but his immune yeah. system was so low after the pneumonia. He's he's he's. I've spoken to him a few times recently, more so than usual, and he's uh, he's just got no energy. He says my breathing's fine. Mm. I've just got no energy. So it's a it's an interesting uh, thing that it's done to him. But um, my sister lives locally as well, but she she wasn't very sporty. My brother was reasonably good sporty. He's probably a faster runner than me, but he was but back in the teenage years. But <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I just um, I, I hear more kind of the, more stories these days of people being kind of like the first in the family to start running. I'm um, certainly mm. I I was as well in in my own family, but I think with the the kind of like the burst of of running um these days i think there's kind of like more people taking it up so i was just curious to uh to kind of get a feel for whether anybody in your uh, else in your family ran oh my dad played um cricket to pretty high standard um and local football um weirdly even though we lived in bristol most weekends he'd come back down here to play sport uh, and stay with his yeah. parents and and we'd come down quite often anyway um yeah he played like Portsmouth Saturday and Sunday league football um but his cricket was really really quite good he played for like old Port Muthians which were the old boys of Portsmouth Grammar School and a, a local team called Cormorants who are sort of been absorbed into other teams but he was very very good at cricket he he found out years later he, I was, if I can just say this story very quickly about yeah, it. Yeah, sure, yeah. 1865, he, for two seasons, he did play cricket in Bristol and he scored 165 not out for a team called Noel, who are pretty decent side even now, I think, up there. And it was the highest score they'd ever had. And the local paper then printed something about him, but they didn't know who he was. Where does he come from? So they got in touch with the local paper down here, the Evening News, mm-hmm. who... Um, thought oh Rumford yeah we know that name he he used to play for Hampshire schools cricket and yeah yeah um so they went into if he interviewed my grandfather um having an unusual name does help <laughs> and um, yeah yeah for sure and, yeah, my granddad then suddenly blurted out that oh yes he was very good very good at cricket he had a contract to play for Hampshire and well that was the first my dad ever knew of it and that was eight years after and um apparently my granddad saw the letter opened it and tore it up and never replied to it because his um idea at the time was that my dad should be doing his exams and he just got married and had had just had me and uh wouldn't be suitable to be going off trying to be a professional cricketer in the same team as people like barry richards and you know gordon it would have been he would have been similar sort of ages so but he was in as a bowler but he got called for they he's he used to bowl with a round arm a bit and they said oh you're throwing you're throwing and so he then converted himself wow. into a batsman 
But he used to bat, if anyone can remember the West Indies batsmen from the 70s and 80s, who just used to smash the ball everywhere, like like in some of the one-day matches now, he used to do that mm. anyway. He used to do that then. He was just amazing. The number of times he got dropped on the boundary first ball was just amazing. But So he gave me a bit of a love for sports, okay. um, certainly cricket, football, and, and I used to watch all sports on grandstand when it used to be on, but um, I can't really be bothered with a lot of them now. It's, uh, it's athletics, football, cricket, really. It's, uh, it's a bit... Yeah. Uh, yeah time to keep up with it all have you <laughs> not if no, i'm running sure. as well uh, brit w- one of the things that um kind of like made me both i guess like frown and smile at the same time was obviously we shared a bit of information you sent me a bit yeah. of information about your running background and stuff is that when you were mm. when you were a lot younger you had a detached um retina and you were told oh. um that you could yeah. you were only able to do light jogging no contact sports which you decided to yeah. do but 32 years later. <laughs> well, that's when I started running, 32 years later. I can remember it was 1975. I had a detached retina. I got hit in the eye. Oh, it's too much of a story. I only got hit in the eye with a bean bag, but it was just hit me in the wrong way. Ooh. It healed up reasonably. But a year later, um, ironically, what did it was um, carrying that heavy rucksack full of school books up one of those very steep hills in Bristol uh, I think it's they call it White Ladies Road up onto the Downs um, I got an emergency call at school um, from my neighbour who also played for the same team as my dad can you come and play cricket today we're short I said well why are you ringing me can't dad, dad take me and he said no your dad's already left to go to the cricket he doesn't know that you are going to be playing. <laughs> I'm desperate. Okay. So this, so I was arranged to meet this guy at the, uh, at the top of the, this hill. And of course, I ran as fast as I could up there to meet him with this heavy pack. And just the, I think it was just the strain of that and playing this cricket game where the opposition scored the Hampshire League record score against us because we only had seven fielders. Uh, it, it, the um, retina detached again, worse. Um, but this time I was lucky because, well, lucky, there were only two hospitals in 1976 that had um, laser treatment. And it's the Moorfields, which is the famous one in London, and Bristol. So they wow, tried yeah. various things. Yeah, they tried. I didn't know this at the time, but they tried various things like putting an implant in the back to try and get it to heal and all sorts of things. But I just kept getting infection, infection, infection. So... In the end, they decided they were going to laser it. And I'd hardly used this treatment there, but they used it. And, I, and um, the next morning when I woke up, I mean, it was that long, hot summer of 76, blistering hot. And we, I was in a hospital, like an annex with windows all along the side. And it was baking hot in there. Everyone had a fan on. It was doing no good at all. Um, yeah. And I can remember waking up and I had this bandage over my eye, but... The crucial thing was I could see light through it and I could see more light than I was used to seeing through it for the previous year. So, um, okay. and there, that went, that was, I was really, really lucky to get that and I've not had any problems with it since. I've, I was told I couldn't do contact sports, as you say, um, but he 
did you start some light jogging in 1976 yeah okay so I started you decided my... to take a rain check <laughs> yeah well it was, it was the gym I think I started going to the gym in about 2008 didn't go on the treadmill for at least a year I just used to do a few weights and then I thought oh, I'll do on that try and get a bit of cardio and whatever but didn't really and then of course you start you start going oh well how far can oh well, I'll just do 10 minutes I'll just do 20 minutes how far can I go in 20 minutes you know and set yourself little targets so yeah okay, so, so that's yeah. where they're kind of like the running started for you then on kind of like well, on the I treadmill in the gym I suppose it was just that little bit at the gym um but I wouldn't have started running outside until another medical um thing happened to me I just had my 50th birthday and yeah. um, a lump come up on my neck I thought what's that it's a soft lump quite big but very, very soft but I mean I, I tend not to I tend to ignore things for a bit and not get around to doing it like most men but and fairly quickly I went to doing that yeah yeah and I was pretty good in this I, I was at the doctors within three weeks and she was uh, it was a, the GP was a she was a trainee GP, but she was already a qualified doctor in a hospital. But she was just doing learning the ropes for GP. And she went through like a tick list and she said, well, it doesn't seem to be anything too much. Um, she said, but I'm not happy with this. And she got an, an older, more experienced GP. In and she said, no, you're right. It doesn't tickle. It ticks all the boxes. That it, there's nothing to worry about. But she said, I'm not happy either. I'm going to refer you. And they referred me. And I took quite a few um, draining this. It was a cyst and they drained it and they drained it again. And they examined it and examined it and couldn't really decide. And it was nearly, it was a year after they, um, I first went to the doctors when they decided, um, we think, we think it's thyroid cancer. We're going to remove half of your thyroid where the cyst is. Don't worry, you'll be fine. Um, and we'll be able to check it all out. So I had that done in September 2010. Um, then that all healed up very nicely. The half of the thyroid was working as well as the whole thyroid was. It was still okay. Went back to the gym after having a few months off. And then the, the results come back. Oh. Um, well, we have found some, uh, they don't say cancer, you, they usually say some cells that aren't quite what they should be, that sort of thing. Okay. So that was, oh, right, okay, um, but don't worry, um, we'll take the rest of it out. Okay, but don't worry, it's been, uh, okay. So I had that done uh, on a cancellation about, I think it was two days before Christmas. They said, they rung me up and said, we've got a cancellation, do you want it done? I said, yep. I went straight in um, and then the only other treatment I had to I had to go on to tyroxine which I'm still on but then I had to come off that again to have a uh, radiotherapy which in my case was nowhere near as bad as a lot of people have gone through basically I had to go into hospital stay overnight take a massive tablet which I could yep. just about swallow and because of the way the thyroid is um um, this um, radio iodine uh, sort of killed off any thyroid cells I might have left in my body. So they would have taken the thyroid out, but there's still a few 
pieces left. So that killed off all those. Um, and uh, that was it. I wasn't allowed to go near and wasn't allowed to go within uh, two meters of people how does that sound uh, quite uh, topical now wasn't it is that, is, <laughs> uh, is that just the, the, the chemicals uh, the chemicals yeah. that are in your own body are you, are you able to kind of be projected out or something or or, or how um, does that work it took a while to come to come took a while to sort of work its way out yeah so for i remember i came home and my son ran up and gave me a massive hug and then sort of looked at me in horror as if like i'm not allowed to hug you i don't know but you know yeah that's uh, really hard it's just, really tough right? yeah to see sleep sort of separate well we couldn't be separate rooms then because we had um all the rooms were full of people but i had to sleep on i think i slept on the floor for a few nights until it was sort of safe but that <clears throat> that was all pretty scary at the time but yeah, um must have been. some wonderful people at qa hospital um Small town Portsmouth, the nurse who ended up looking after me, um, a lady called Jean Monday, and she, I kept looking at her, she kept looking at me, and she looked at my name, she said, I know this name. Turned out her husband used to play cricket with my dad. Oh, wow, what a small, <laughs> small world. Town Everywhere you go, yeah. And, um, and then she said, where do you work? I said, I work at the tax office. And she said, oh, my daughter works there. So what's her name? Give her name. I said, she sits on the deck behind me. <laughs> It's crazy. Um, yeah, so they looked after me really well. And a friend of mine, because I've been watching local football, Moneyfields Football Club, and doing a little bit of helping out there. Uh, and I, uh, a friend of mine there, <clears throat> who's now the sort of match secretary, he, he'd he been doing running for four or five years. And he kept telling me how wonderful it was. You know how we all tell other people now. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, he said, he said, do you know, sometimes there's so many races you could do one nearly every three weeks well now you could do one <laughs> couldn't you but he um he got into it and and he's after i'd come back so i after all these two operations and uh, radiotherapy i had to have like three six week periods not going to the gym so okay. i'd got and i'd got quite it was a bit odd when i um when I came off the tablets before the radiotherapy, I put on quite a bit of weight. It's all water, but it, 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 if, if your thyroid's low, if you're feeling sluggish or something, there are two things that spring to mind, iron deficiency and thyroid um, deficiency, because uh, it, as I tell you, it just made, it was all right for the first week, the second week, it made me feel really weird, really odd. But um, he said, well, I've put you in for a race. I said, you've what? I said, you've put you in for a race. Um, it's all right. You've got, uh, it was February. So you said, oh, it's October. So you've got um, eight months to get fit. Okay. What is okay. it? It's a 10K. A fair amount of time. So, RNLite 10K. Okay. So I couldn't do anything for a while. Then I started back at the gym and um, say, so got to this 4K in sort of, 20 odd minutes um didn't mean anything to me but little did i know that that wasn't too bad so so i went out i thought it was just coming to the end of august in 2011 and i thought i better start trying to do some running and i can't i can't do more than that at the gym it's just boring the treadmill so okay so i put the trainers on that i'd had for two years and I'd run on the gym and with and I went round 
um, up the end of Tangier Road down to Milton Locks, and it was going well. I think I did about was about nearly five miles. So this is good altogether. But halfway through, I got a blister. I thought, oh, it's really painful. But um, walking hurt more than running. So I decided to run with the blister. Next thing, straight to Alexandra Sports. New shoes. And then the next time I went out, I I just went for a run. And and this is all done on a like a a pedometer, because that's what I had then. But I did about about 12k i thought hang on i've i've gone from four on the treadmill to 8k to 12k just like that i've only got to do yeah i've do 10 for this race so eventually we we got turned up the the, the rnli 10k i don't think he had the pieces of eight with it at that time and sorry was that actually rob piggott who who organized that race yep okay yeah it was the rob piggott rnli and then um I think we on the start line. Um, my friend um, Pete said, "Okay," he said, "I'll run. I won't run my usual speed. I'll I'll run with you and what looks comfortable for you. All right?" I said, "Okay, thanks. That's really good." So off we went, and within a hundred yards or hundred meters, I was. He was gasping for breath. He said, "I can't keep up with you. <laughs> off you go." It. off you go speedies and off i went and i think i did it in 48 48 amazing yeah, that's, that's so amazing. good what what a what a recovery from that from, from a crazy year wow uh, it was it all it's all a bit surreal i thought oh, i can do this i can do this it's really really weird and i said oh this is wonderful we can we can do lots of races together. And he said, yeah, yeah. But he then started getting, he's always had a bit of an irregular heartbeat, but it was beginning to play up and affect the amount of oxygen that was getting getting um, through his body. And he's had lots of tests. I mean, he's, he's not too bad now. Uh, he's 66 now, so but he um, can't run anymore. But it, it was sad. We only ever did one other race together at Exbury Gardens. Um, it is my only race out of 120 paid races where it's actually rained during the race, which is pretty amazing. amazing. <laughs> I've just suddenly thought of that now. It's a bit of a joke that it, if I'm racing, it doesn't rain. It ha- there was a hailstorm in it. There was a hailstorm, but it didn't actually rain. Uh, and Chris, I'm, I'm going to enter the races that you enter because I, 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 yeah, if there's anything I want to stay away from, especially in some of the longer races, it's the rain and the wind. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, that was an emotional thing because I realised he, he, he was trying to put his race number on, and his hands were shaking so much because he was so mm. worried about how he was going to be, and I had to pin it on for him. And and yeah, I mean, I, I think I finished that in about sort of forty seven minutes or something and i knew he'd be just under the hour he told me he'd be just under the hour and i was sort of up to about one hour five and he still hadn't appeared and i started to really worry and then he mm. sort of appeared through the through the hail storm but uh, it's a pity i couldn't have done a few i'd love to have done some races with him um yeah, you know in the earlier days when there wasn't quite so much 
But, it's a uh, story of friendship, the power of friendship, because like, you know, you often yes. hear stories again of people starting their running because they were challenged to enter a race yeah. by a friend. And it's just incredible, like, or even a drunken wager or something, you know, it's just amazing how people kind <laughs> yeah, of, they, so they kind of introduction to running. <laughs> I know someone who's, uh, who did a marathon on a drunken wager <laughs> and has now got yeah. to do another one, I think. <laughs> well, I think I've, I've heard some stories of some famous athletes now who have kind of you know entered their first that marathon de sable race was um i think it was tom evans who yeah kind of had a bet with his with his uh, a lot of his army kind of like colleagues and stuff that he would he, he couldn't finish it and he went and came third so and now he's a professional athlete so it's it's a it's a it's a kind of common story i think yeah. you do hear it yeah so have you, have, you, have you done many more of rob's races um because he's i mean he's a superb um, kind of race director he's got so many good fun races around around town yeah, I try to do that one every year. I, I know most um, my sort of colleagues seem to want to do the pieces of eight because it seems to be a better um, sort of pre- preparation for doing the Great South Run. But um, I stick with the 10K because uh, it was my first race and I carry on. Um, I like doing it. Um, yeah, and I've done his done a few of his other did some of his saints ones but I, I, it just became like too many to do um with other races on um his, his half and half marathons i've done i mean i think i did his first half marathon was yeah so i went from the 10k in um october 2011 to doing the great south run in a year later as well. Okay, so it was, a, it was a year later you did your first 10, yeah. 10 miles. Yeah, I did I did the RNLI again. I did no other races because I was waiting for my friend to get better or whatever, and he, which he didn't in the end. Uh, I did, and I suddenly did the Great South, which seemed okay. Yeah, I got it across mm-hmm. about one, one hour 15, which didn't mean much to me at the time, but it looks pretty impressive to me now looking at the records. Um yeah, and then I sort of got persuaded to do, I thought, oh, I can do a half marathon now. And that went pretty well. So I'm thinking, oh, I'm doing all of them now. I'm doing all the all the distances. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it just seemed to flow. Um Brett, how, how, did you, training. how did you how did you manage your training like between between these years like, like what what was it yourself that you were, were you running on your own during the week and and how yeah. were you structuring yeah. your training always running on my own well, I'm trying to think I do um I quite often did like some uh, sprints on the treadmill um I think they called it the Tabatabotan sprints where you sort of um sprint for 20 seconds as hard as you can then lift yourself off the treadmill onto the side for 10 seconds get your breath back and do them again that's quite okay. intensive sort of fartlek thing um I was doing that and then I was going out and doing I, I had my set route so I had my 5k route my 10k route and I remember I used to go up Farlington and just say oh if I go a little bit further I can that'll make it into a 10 mile route and but I, don't, I don't think I ever I must have done a half marathon distance in training before but um yeah. Don't recall it. I must have done. I, I think I remember going miles up to, that way up into sort of by Bud's Farm, like the sewage place up at Broadmarsh. Once that was a really long run. So that's probably my but, longest but most ever. Of it was pretty much training on your own. 
on my own, all on my own, all on my own. The, the, I wouldn't run, didn't run with anybody else. The major thing that happened was Park Run at South Sea, um, October 2013. I'd just done the Great South, uh, sorry, just done the RNLI 10K again. And my wife came down to watch and she was chatting to a guy um, who is quite often at South Sea Park Run, Brian James, because she'd worked with him. And I heard him say, oh, yes, well, I did the park run yesterday. So I sort of went, park run? What park run? Haven't, haven't, because I, I still hadn't managed to get to go to haven't. Okay. Um, I said, no, South Sea. I said, what do you mean South Sea? There isn't one at South Sea. He said, yes, it started yesterday. I went, oh, no, oh, no, I've missed it. So I went and did the second <laughs> The second South Sea Park run again. I'd never raced a five k. I'd done ten k's, and I but and I sort of blasted out because I had no idea of how to pace. I, I knew what times I'd done in training, so like 22, 22 and a half minutes. But of course, I was going faster than that, wasn't I? And we just got getting back to the pier on the way back, and I thought, oh, I've got cramp. Oh, no, I, I think I've got cramp. So I stopped, stretched. Started again, and I was just hobbling and hobbling. I thought, this is really bad cramp. No, it wasn't. I'd torn my calf muscle. <laughs> so I hobbled all the way to the finish. And I think even then, I think I still got something like 22.14 or something, oh, <laughs> having wow. hobbled the last 300 metres. And I remember I could hobble. at the front. <laughs> I had to get the bus home. It took me ages to walk to the bus stop and and it took then because two weeks later it's the great south run I thought, oh no what's gonna happen i knew i knew next to nothing about injuries because i also didn't belong to a club i didn't know anybody who ran hardy apart from my friend pete who said oh you've done your calf or you'll be out for about a month minimum uh, so a guy at work just um he'd had loads and loads of calf injuries um and um, so he was a bit of an expert on calf injuries, but not necessarily on how to heal them. But he um, yeah. he said, I'll tell you what, because I actually went to work. Uh, I took one of those like walking poles to help me walk because I just couldn't walk. But I, I instinctively knew I had to try and walk on it um, as much as I could safely do. Yeah. And he just said, don't run again. Don't run again. I said, but I've got the Great South Run. He said, if you run again. And, it, and your legs roll and it's it goes again you won't be doing the great south run if you turn up on the day and just ease into it and it's okay you might be might be lucky and i did um it all went wrong the, the major problem my pre-race uh preparations went wrong when i left the banana in the car and always have a banana before a race so I didn't have the yeah. banana i thought oh no that's that's oh and I actually was going faster than the previous year, even though I'd only torn it. And it was a tear because I could, couldn't even walk on it. Um, and um, just coming around by the Royal Marines, I could feel little twitches in my calf. Little twitch. Oh no! Um, that, that was the really windy, windy year. And I don't remember the wind because all I remember was turning the corner, having worked my way to pass loads and loads of people to see them even though they were struggling to the wind going past me because I, I, I found a pace I could do where my leg wasn't going to cramp up. But if mm. I tried to go any faster, it was saying, 
no way. Yeah. So, but that was yeah. still is like pretty good. It was like one seventeen. So it was only two minutes slower, even without wins, you know. And I'm beating myself up on it. Oh, that wasn't very good. It wasn't very, very good. But um, yeah. yeah, when you look back. That was pretty good. That's pretty impressive. I've got, I've got an interesting, an interesting little fact to share with you because I, I did some research on your, on your times for those, for the, for the two years of the Great South, and there was one of them where you and I yeah. finished ten seconds apart from each other, roughly, uh, in really? time in Japan. But we were within that ten seconds, we were separated by about fifty-five people. So it just goes to show how many people go through that finish line. Wow. What year was that then, Daniel? I think it's going to be it, it. It was either your first or your second Great South. It may have been the windy one because mm-hmm. I, I think I think the official time that came up on the website was about one eighteen something, um, and oh, I was about. I think yeah, mine was one eighteen, not one seventeen. What's a minute for runners? <laughs> what's a, yeah, what, what, what's a oh, really? Between frames, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, being facetious. <laughs> I do. Yeah, I, I do remember was, uh, that year. Actually, it was very. I mean, there's been quite a few years where the wind. Um, obviously, the, everyone knows the wind of the Great South, and yeah. Um, in fact, yeah. at, the, at the moment, it kind of reminds me the wind. The wind very recently has been kind of going from direction to different direction to different direction. We're getting a lot yeah. of it from the east, which is strange. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had that the other day when I was running down. I thought this is quite unusual. <laughs> mm. Which is yeah, um, so, so, so Brett, I was going to ask you back to park run because you ran the second yeah. ever South Sea park run. Mm-hmm. It's um it strikes yeah. me so amazing these days compared to to back then, where if a new park run starts up nowadays, everyone knows about it. But back then, it's kind of like yeah. it's kind of hearsay. And and how, how did yeah. South Sea park run yeah. differ um from from then to, to now? Oh no, it's amazing. You get sort of five five hundred people. Um, it's i mean back then um you had about 100 120 people and you sort of saw the same people every week and just gradually got to know people uh there's some really great people i've got like mick conway um a guy called paul yep. waller who yep. i used to beat who's now running for gateshead up in the northeast and um, i found out a couple of years ago he won the blackpool 10k uh, wow. I mean, I used to be in park run. <laughs> I mean, he he yeah. he had a very good runner when he was a teenager, and he he's in his sort of early thirties now, and he, and he got it back. But we used to really push each other on park run, and people like Dan Shoyer and um, yes, Debbie Pentons, and those people were there then, and you got to know them because there just weren't that many people. Um, you saw the same people. We used to pile off into the cafe afterwards and have a chat. That's where I met Emma Jolly. I mean, I think one time um, we all know how Emma can talk and um, <laughs> Scott Chapman, and then her um, husband. I mean, her little boy must have only he was in a little buggy. He must have only been about one then. And husband yeah. said, oh, I'll, I'll take him for a walk down the prom and I'll come back later. Well, about 40 minutes later, he came back and she was still talking to us all. But it's just <laughs> Emma so loves to talk running, bless yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, just interesting um, experiences and that. And, you know, I mean, Emma was one of them. I mean, she used to win sometimes down there. No matter what men were there, she used to, she used to win. Um, Emma's a great runner. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Uh, <clears throat> um, it's, it's a park run is, it's the, one of the simplest ideas and one of the mm. best it's, it's just and it's just grown all organically and i think when people come along 
they get caught up in the spirit of it, the ethos, the atmosphere, the way everybody's helpful and supportive. No one cares um, what size you are, what speed you are. Everyone uh, helps other people, applauds other people in, encourages people because everyone's on their own individual running journey. They're doing it all for different reasons. And, and, and I mean, I've noticed a lot of people out recently running who I thought, well, I've never seen you lot before. And they're in like ill-fitting tracksuits and things. And I think, well, they're possibly gym runners or footballers or rugby players who can't do anything else. Well, they could be just people just trying to get some exercise for the first time. And fair play to them. I say a good morning to all of them. Uh, yeah, do- same, same as me. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's like, um, you know, South Sea Parkrun especially, it's just such a, a kind of like friendly and welcoming hub for runners mm. every week. And it's, and this sure, is why it's yeah. such a shame that people have to miss out on it now because this, you know, yeah. like you say, it's the, it's the whole social ele- element as well as the kind of like physical aspect each week. And I bet everyone out there just cannot wait for it to start up again because it's left, no, it's left I, a gaping hole. It has. It's a, it's a, it now becomes apparent um, how much people um, look forward to the park run on a Saturday. Um, a couple of people have said to me, I'm really seriously missing this the social aspect of it the, the, and you don't know you don't know somebody told me once they uh, recently they said you don't know that lady who comes down uh, to the gym uh, all dolled up with all her makeup on and everything and people make fun of her you don't know what her home situation is she could be being bullied or something and this is her one escape yeah and absolutely. she, she Makes, makes herself up and gives herself uh, self-esteem a boost she can look at herself in the mirror there do some stuff in the gym and that's her that's her escape from maybe anything could be an abusive relationship or, or anything and um the, the mental health side of it is is really um underestimated i think still by people um you, you get yeah. the runners endorphins but, but it's it's more than that it's the social it's everything. I mean, we're we're playing a we're playing a, a game at the moment in our club called Baffins Bingo. Um, and <laughs> if you spot run, if you spot an it, well, it's not serious, but it, it's no one's taking points or anything. But but it, if you if you put on Strava or Garmin or Facebook or whatever you're putting or you run, if you spot another Baffins runner while you're out running or walking, you just name it there and say oh i spotted this one and this one and this one oh, i spotted this oh he's not worth much everyone's already seeing him down the seafront he doesn't count he's not <laughs> you know it's okay. uh, it's, <laughs> it's just a way of just a way of keeping in touch i suppose you know it's um yeah yeah, yeah. and and you know i mean I, I met someone today uh another south sea stalwart paul wheeler must have done about 200 park runs there he was up on top of the hill he was he was at work taking a uh, a young guy he was looking after there for work and um um uh, he was there with his mask on because obviously he's working with someone who's vulnerable there and and i thought well you know it's just nice to see him up there you know just lovely to see these people out and about mm, for sure and absolutely it's it, it really is good and i guess on the subject of of kind of like the social aspect of running and stuff um it was a, kind of like about this time after you'd done a few great Souths and stuff that you decided that you were going to no longer 
kind of run run on your own and you tried kind of running with a, with a few other people and i'm really keen to hear about the yeah. group the sunday morning group called the church dodgers oh the church right well well the first i think that i, I actually looked back at my records because sadly i do put this on a spreadsheet and even more sadly it's in a loose leaf folder as well no, but good. um but uh, there was one weekend um i guess early 2015 so parkrun had been going about 18 months and um i actually uh i, I chatted to bob pentland and um mick conway and, and uh, parkrun and we said oh we'll go out for a run and we went out for a run i think it was it might have been a day that parkrun was off for some reason and we just went for a run around sort of south sea or portsmouth and i'd never run with anyone else before that was, yeah. that was quite enjoyable. Yeah, a little bit of a chat. Yeah, quite nice. And then the very next day, um, I'd met Gary Cook and Luke Simmons down at Parkrun. And they said, oh, we, we go out on a Sunday morning. We're SMCD. I said, what's that? They go, Sunday morning church dodgers. <laughs> said, well, OK, so I met them on Cotton Bridge, I think. And and uh, their, their favourite run was to... Um, they go down the seafront quite a bit, but then they, they used to go uh, marathon training. They just do a loop of the island, and okay. uh, I can remember doing that for the first time and thinking, "Wow, I've run the whole of Portsea Island." You know, it's only about a little bit more than I'd done before, but it was just that's an achievement. Yeah, the church dodgers were quite good, but then sometimes you turn up and there'd only be one of them, or and then once I turned up and there was nobody. I still mm-hmm. went off and did run good uh yeah they were quite good, good quite quite good fun um I love later that name. on <laughs> sunday morning church touches yeah, yeah, yeah um I, lo- I love the names these groups kind of like come up with and stuff it's just yeah awesome. some of them are really funny some of them are really funny which then brings me to the the, uh, the amazing baffins fit club which was i was introduced by a lady called Haley richardson who was another of these sort of ones who was down at south sea park run at the beginning beginning in fact i think she actually was a run director a couple of times um and she said oh there's a local running club in baffins where do you i said run in baffins she said, well i'm in baffins come along i went well when do they meet she said monday night and i said well i can't monday night i do guitar lessons on a monday night and i remember at the college at the end of tangiro i used to go guitar lessons on a monday night and yeah. as i was walking on with my guitar i'd see a lot of ladies running the other way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sussed out they must be the Baffins Fit Club, and I'd seen a couple of posters up in local shops, but it didn't occur to me. I thought, it's a ladies' running group. What, you know, didn't occur to me. But Haley said, oh, no, no, there's at least one man in it. <laughs> so, I, <laughs> so I went along looking a bit sort of sheepish. Oh, you know, and if I hadn't, I don't know what would happen if I hadn't gone that week because she then couldn't go for the next few weeks and neither could I but that one week in July I think it was in 2015 I went along and I think there was about 15 18 people there okay there were a couple of men um uh, there and um it it had been formed yeah because that was the July and then I went on holiday and I didn't really go back again until early September they probably thought, oh, he's come once, he's never going to come back again. 
And little did I realise I'd got a bit of a legendary status in the area with some of them. They used to call me the Baffins running man. They, no, no, none of them knew who I was. Yeah. They hadn't seen me in any races anywhere. Um, park, not many of the Baffins people used to do park run either um, back then. So you just see this guy running around the roads. Who is he? Who is he? And because I turned up there and they went, oh, my God. The Baffins Running Man's here. Like, <laughs> He's actually come to visit us. <laughs> well, and then because I never went back for a few weeks because of holiday and whatever. But I, the next time I went, um, they brought in a birthday cake and they said, oh, we're two years old today. So that means they were founded in September 2013, yeah. which is yeah. just at the same time as Sea Park Run, isn't it? Um, yeah, and they used to do like a Monday night run uh, and that was it. And then and they used and some Sunday mornings, which were unofficial club runs. They just sort of meet. Um, but uh, yeah, is that kind of how the club's structured at the moment the, these days, still, just, where they just have one club run a week or, or two. They just have one club run, yeah, um, one official club run on a Monday night, and um, and then some of them would meet up on a Sunday morning, and maybe a few others occasionally. But that was it, and. Um, say 18 people the first time I went the second time it was about 12 so there wasn't that many of them but um, but the seeds were so Julie Fuller and Helen Mayhead formed the club basically I think in a in um, I think it was Westover school playground uh, um, when they just got chatting and talking about running and things um, and it just got a few of their friends and associates to join and that was what it is and uh, when I joined, I think probably 90% of the people lived in Baffin's area and still very high local area. You, you go out in the around the area here, you're always bumping into people. Um, and we, um, yeah, it was it's just sort of grew organically. And then because I persuaded a few of them to start coming to Parkrun, and having got Gary and Luke from the Church Dodgers to join in, people like Kev Budd and that, and then okay, we all yeah. start recruiting people. You see, Kev's uh, Kev's run director, isn't he? Um, we started getting uh, recruiting more and more people because then we started wearing these green vests, which has got us noticed. Uh, um, yeah, I know. You see them everywhere now. They're interesting because um, I think they were trying to decide. They, they'd had, I think they'd had some black gear with the green writing on, but I think. They'll probably put me right with this, but I think it was at the time our, our Monday nights um, running in the dark along. We used to run up Eastern Road to Farlington Marshes and back, and it's dark, and you just want to be seen because it's a shared yeah. bike route. So wearing the the bright green was seems sensible because you're more likely to be seen in, in those sort of circumstances. Anyway, I think that's where that all came about. And having the white swan on there was a bit of a joke. They were playing around with some designs and someone said, oh, look, we could have swans like from Baffin's Pond. That's a joke, isn't it? And I said, no, keep it. That works. It's distinctive. It's distinctive. The fact the swans are sort of taking off, it sort of symbolises the club taking off and people's running um, sort of stories taking off and everything. So, yeah, that was amazing joining that. And then I'd, I've run with groups ever since <laughs> until until That's recently. It sounds like you really kind of like entered the club scene like well oh, and you were kind of welcomed yeah, really well. And, and like you say, 
you 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 achieved legendary status even before you'd you'd officially joined, which is great. If you to interview um, Helen or Julie about it, they can tell you even more about this because there's all this stuff they haven't told me about it. Yeah, running. I like it. I got really engrossed into it because um, we suddenly had all these new members joining, and, and and the thing was they weren't joining from other clubs. We weren't taking people from other clubs. We were taking people who hadn't ever had a club or may have had a club many years ago or where, where they used to live or something. It was just organic, all from around the area, Milton, a few from South Sea, obviously, because of Park Run. And, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's just... Uh, uh, and, great. And it, I mean, I think it's really good to have, then, like, another option out there. Yeah, yeah. And then we suddenly, um, they said, well, we need some more run leaders. I thought, oh, I do that so I did my leader in running fitness the LERF course I mean that was only it was only about four or five months after I joined the club I can't believe it was that soon but it was and because they needed more they needed to split from these they had so many people coming on a Monday night they needed different um, ability groups or distance groups so we needed a leader for each one at least one leader for each one anyway so that really took off Um, yeah it was uh, amazing i mean it's happened in other places with sort of new clubs sort of suddenly appearing from nowhere but um i'm not so sure um it's happened quite like this it's just, it's just how, how many members are there at the moment do you, do you know well, how many members it's, happens? it's just difficult i know we've got we've got over 200 okay. over 200 paid up Obviously, they're not paying at the moment. I think we've frozen the memberships because obviously they're not getting much out of it apart from obviously the Facebook pages are still going and there's still chat groups and things just to try and support people because I can see some people are running even more mileage than ever and some people have hardly run at all. And I think they're whether they're a bit worried about going out or they need the groups they need the company to run i don't know it's um something that's going to be um found out a bit later on i think but um we need to try and support people i can see some of the other clubs are doing similar things and fun things there was something gospel did the other day with they did a video like throwing a shirt the shirt i saw that yeah yeah, we did it with one of our shirts. We had to copy because we just thought it was such a great idea from gospel. And thought, um, yeah, so just just to get people engaged and and just you know, otherwise it's if if, if you built in your Monday night and maybe your Sunday um, long run and your, your Saturday park run, if it's built into your life, which it is mine, and then it suddenly goes, I think a lot of people are just finding a lot of structures just gone completely um yeah and it's difficult sure. to yeah. try and try and sort of replicate it especially if you're not working at all as well that's no, super super important um but Brett, quick to, to, to move on a little bit and um I, I was keen to find out a little bit more about your your running and stuff obviously we chatted about how you progressed you know through sure. the through the 10k 10 mile half marathon in 2016, um, after saying, and I have quoted myself as saying this before, I'm never going to do a marathon. You actually mm-hmm. ran a marathon. How did this come I about? Did. And which one, which one did you do? Okay. Well, it was supposed to be Brighton in 2017. 
um, I, I'd, um, I'd seen, I'd done Rob Piggott's half, um, and it was it was one of the uh, Christmas time ones where he did a half and a full marathon. I did the half and went back to the pyramids afterwards, got changed, had a coffee, got on my bike, cycled leisurely up towards Eastney and some of the marathon runners were coming in by then and I sort of thought, oh, just sit here on the bike and watch a few of them come in and I saw um, the two Baffins founders, Julie and Helen, come in at different to come round and another Baffins lady, Denise, and I, I thought, they've just done a marathon. Yeah, and everyone's and smiling and cheering. And- <laughs> You've said you can't do one, and I then got persuaded. So I entered um, uh, the Brighton. So I've been nearly about 15 months later, entered Brighton. Um, and by then, I knew my el- youngest son, Zach, was going to be there at uni. So that would have been nice. So it made a great weekend. Um, oh, cool. That's good. In fact, we've had three weekends there now. I'm, I'm just we're going to have the fourth one um but um so i decided to do that and i, and I started doing i said well, what i'll do is when they train for the portsmouth marathon i'll do the tra- training up to i don't know sort of 16 18 miles or something just to see how it goes and then somebody said well, why don't you just do the portsmouth coastal mm-hmm. why don't you just do that and try it out and see i thought you know that's so obvious yeah of course so well. on the doorstep uh, yeah why not yeah, exactly and i could have tried so i was going to do most of the training anyway so i did did the training and there's a, a guy a guy who was in i met at south sea park on adam chant who was with baffins then who's now with I know adam, yes. yeah he's super quick and uh he, he said he'd he'd run he'd run london i think and i think he might have run birmingham marathons and I, he hadn't really done He's listening to this. He hadn't really done as well as he would have expected, and yeah. as well as maybe other people expected in those marathons. I think he possibly gone off a bit too fast and then struggled later on. So I think we, we had a little chat, and he said, "I'll pace you." I said, okay. okay, that's, that's a big I'll commitment. That's really kind. <laughs> okay, yes, that's really kind. I said, and I said, well, actually, it might help you as well. It might help you to pace yourself a little bit differently. It might just help you. Obviously, you'll be faster, but um, if you were doing your own, but yeah. So we, um, yeah, we, we 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 ran it together, which was really good. And and uh, I, I sort of yeah, it wasn't too bad. I mean, obviously, very heavy leg, but yeah, it wasn't too bad. We were coming up along the finish. I think we were coming up. We'd just gone past the pier, I think, and uh, I thought, you know, I've got, I've got a little bit of a finish here, you know, not yeah, it, a bit of a sprint finish. It probably, it probably seemed like a sprint finish to me. I mean, yeah. if you can go back to one of the great South runs, I think there's only one of them I've actually seen on the television me finish because I always tend to finish between one hour ten and one hour fifteen, and they always have a commercial break at that time. It happens right, every. <laughs> I saw myself and I, and I, I think well, I'm, I'm doing a sprint finish here and when I saw it it was, oh, it was pathetic it was like my legs were hardly 
the knees were hardly raising up at all. It was really. But it always looks mind, slower on TV, Brett. It always yeah, looks slower. That's, in the marathon, I was coming along, and we were running side by side, and then suddenly Adam got cramp. And he said, oh, oh. I can't, I've got a cramp, I've got a cramp. And I said, but I don't think I can stop. I think if I stop, I'll never get going again. So he managed to stretch the cramp out and catch me again. Okay. And we went over the finish, um, sort of arms raised, hand in hand, over the finish. Oh, fantastic. And I him for um, helping me with that, because A, he helped me... Um, to decide to do it be he 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 actually helped me in the race and then and then obviously i helped him at the end (laughs) fantastic please please tell me you've got one of those nice finish photos holding hands i i actually have got that one i'll send you that one that'd be be really really good to share actually and and what a good job adam as well good good shout out for adam there because yeah that's obviously clearly that was a good learning experience for both of you so yeah yeah because i think he's done i think he's done a marathon since then i mean he's he's just getting back into proper training again now so hopefully he'll get back to his best yeah i do i i I get a chance to chat with adam occasionally every now and then i have i did chat to him recently and he's and it's really good to see that he's kind of been getting out and kind of getting back into the training recently because obviously he's got a lot of talent um so be good Mm. to see what he can do in the future yeah yeah so brett listen 2019 comes along and uh you i guess it's safe to say you had probably one of your best years racing last year because you 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 smashed the cbs yeah it was a bit odd really um but I've looked at my sort of times and usually sort of like April, May or September, October seem to be the best times for running. I suppose that coincides with um, the weather warming up a bit, but not being mm. too hot um, both times. So, but I, I noticed last year um, it, it was, and it, I just suddenly my park run time started coming down. Um, I mean, I did, I think two, three park runs under 20 minutes and, and two of the lakeside fives under 20 minutes. And I hadn't done under 20 minutes for like two, three years. Fantastic. What's going on here? I'm getting older. I'm 60 this year. What's going on? Uh, so it's just, it's just a number. It's just a number, Brett. <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I put it down quite a lot to the hill training and regular hill training because um, there's anyone who lives in Portsmouth knows um the hills are basically uh, the steps at Southsea Castle, um, Cockner Bridge, Burfields Road Bridge. You know, there's nothing. But if if you can get up onto the out, just out of town, um, yeah. And we'd started doing that regularly, and it, it started then feeding into, I think, more strength and like the glutes and everything into yeah, my partner times. And then I um I. Um, yeah, I was um, talking to Christopher Stocks, who's another run director from Southsea, who actually, he's actually from Eastleigh, and I went to do the Eastleigh 10K, um, which I've never really done myself justice in. And he he set me up a, a, a little funny little time. He told me what time to get in. He said, and my house is this one that sticks out at the end of this road. That's my house, he said, and I want you to get this time by the time you get to this house because yeah. then you'll only have about i think it was about a mile to go from then i thought okay well i don't know what happened i mean uh, i got to his house about 40 seconds before i was meant to mm. i thought oh there's going to be trouble here but i don't know if anyone's run easily it's, it's quite a nice finish to it um 
a narrowish path, but it's quite a nice sort of uh, fast finish. And I, and I, I mean, I'd set a my PB for 10K was 41.36, which was, I think, from way back in 2015, 2016 at Chichester. Okay. I mean, to beat that, and I just didn't just beat it. I did, I did like 30, 34 seconds off it. I mean, it's, it's almost like. Is that is that time right? You know, but I, did, I thought you were, just, I, I just thought you were about to say thirty four minutes rather than thirty four seconds off. No, no. <laughs> no. and then because only about uh, three weeks later, I think it's the Brighton Marathon. So the marathons have been the, the ports of the ones have been sort of like three forty five ish. The Brightons had been bit quicker even that really hot one in 2017 i'd done i think it was about three 334 and then the next year even though the conditions were better it was only sort of 40 odd seconds quicker but i knew i i was pretty confident i'd beat that time but i didn't think i'd beat it by eight minutes I i was thinking what i mean i wasn't the biggest pb that day by a baffins runner um but stephen parker knocked like 20 something minutes off his but i i i just oh. I, I was just i thought i can't i surely can't keep this up and i thought well actually i've done i've done a few of these marathons now i know how i will feel i know it's getting more difficult now but yeah i don't know how I, it's and i was really looking forward to it this year because similarly just after christmas my park run time started coming down again um and i started feeling a lot quicker and I thought, here we go here we go again i've done the quickest park run for a year and I thought, here we go and then of course the um emergency and everything's sort of stopped hasn't it but that's why i really want to keep the training up and, and just i don't want to waste that brighton training um it's, i can't keep up marathon training all through the summer but i can keep up some semblance of it anyway and, and use use what i gained with it anyway yeah it's a good it's a good point you raise actually like how because i was one of the questions i was going to ask you was how do you kind of like you know how are you managing your training now that covid's come along and kind of races have been pushed out and do you keep the marathon training going like i i mean i I tend to keep myself and try and keep myself in marathon shape all year round but it does take it a huge toll on the body and obviously time away from the family as well and you you run ultras as well don't you yeah I, I, I tend to like prefer the longer distances but i, I do enjoy yeah. kind of running shorter distances as well as where, where i can yeah um well the, you, it's interesting you should say about family because I, I said to my wife oh i wish i'd started running when i was younger i wish i'd started doing okay my knees might be shot away now but um i don't know i, I wish I'd, and she said no it wouldn't have worked not when the children were young especially mm-hmm. doing marathon training and that was one That's of the reasons point. i didn't that's one of the reasons I didn't do the marathon. Um, it, it, one of it was just like, this is a silly distance. A half marathon's sensible, but to double it, and there's nothing in between normally, is there really? There's a few 20-mile races. but um, So, and then I thought the amount of training, you know, when you're sort of disappearing on a Sunday morning for three hours, and then, of course, you've got to have a bath and recover and you're yeah. probably tired for the rest of the day it, it, with, with children even in when, when they were teenagers it's just not really ideal but um i think training for a half marathon 
yeah, I think that can be fitted in um, with probably not with little children, but um, it, it depends. It depends. But um, he's very glad I didn't start it earlier anyway. Yeah, I think it's a really good point. Like our, I think our, our families and other halves and, and even friends, you know, have to put up with not seeing us for hours on end on the weekend. And it's kind of like you've got to hit a balance between, you know, keeping it as much away from family time as you can and also having to kind of be a little bit selfish with the time because I guess ultimately we, we're doing it, you know, for, for our own satisfaction. And it is a really selfish yeah, sport. It is, but, yeah. it is for ourselves. I mean, I sort of thought... Um, um, I'm sort of think about some of these people that say, well, oh, I need to run for my mental health as well as my physical health. And I thought, sort of, yeah, do I? I didn't need to before, but if I weren't able to run now, hmm, interesting how it might affect me. You know, I know what yeah, I've been like sure. when I've been injured. I mean, I've been really lucky with it. I mean, what, what have I had in, in nearly nine years? I've had two torn calves and they weren't the same one. So it's not like there's a week, two torn calves and plantar fasciitis, which went on for over a year. But they didn't stop me running. They didn't stop me racing. It blimmin' hurt. But I used to find after a mile or two, the pain went and then it just came back when i finished yeah do you know um, that's, yeah that's, that's interesting as well it's like a, it's i know it's a really controversial thing to say and, and lots of people would disagree and say you know you shouldn't say things like that because it's not sensible and and everyone should follow their own path but i'm i i, I always train along those lines as well like i think there's discomfort where you can you can run through a lot of stuff and and eventually these injuries a lot of them do tend to go away of course there are some that don't mm-hmm. and, you, and people know that but i think you're right like a lot of stuff can be run through otherwise you end up keep having to stop all the time and you just never kind of gain any ground yeah i think that's with the, the guy that you advised me on uh, when i used to work with because he with all these calf injuries as soon as you get the slightest little twinge he'd stop stop running mm, and, yeah. and then start cycling again but it, i mean it, it could be he's just got a, a weakness there for, for the calves um i mean maybe he should have gone and got some sort of uh physio or worked out is it, is it something to do with his gaze or his shoes or whatever but um it might just be unlucky that that's that's how he's built but um For sure, yeah, yeah it's funny with some of these injuries i mean even today i this is sort of middle of my left calf felt a little bit why is that hurting i didn't even run yesterday you know what's going on here and i thought oh. so i just did some stretches and and uh 10 miles later it's fine so <laughs> Yeah, it's just strange how these, how the body kind of like just recovers itself somehow over time. You know, I've, I've, I've run with, I've, I've really terribly run with bad injuries for, you know, a year and over, and then suddenly, suddenly they just go. You, you never see them again. It's weird, um, and isn't it? Feels great. Yeah. It's weird, weird, and then well, sometimes you just realise that an injury you had has gone, but you didn't realise it had gone because it's gradually gone, and you say, oh yeah, it's like that. Um, you know, it's like a. a um, and, and my knees, my knees were hurt in the last few weeks a bit, and um, I thought, oh, here we go. So I look, oh, you look up, look it up, don't you? And I've got a really excellent running injury book, um, and it's um, and yeah, it was runner's knee. It had to be runner's knee from where it was hurting, and it, it was like three really simple stretches to do that take five minutes, yeah. and I've been doing them. And and it's gone. And then my son's up in London. He's he's um, um, his shoes are way 
way out of date. He needs new running shoes desperately. And he was saying his knee was hurting in exactly the same place as mine was. So I'm on the phone to him saying, so I'm, I'm photographing this book and sending him the pictures and saying, look, if that knee's hurting exactly the same, do this, do this. Because he can't get new shoes at the moment because there's nowhere to buy them. He could buy them online, but mm. it, having had these for four years, he really needs a gait analysis to see whether what, what he needs now. He needs someone to actually look at him and see. I wouldn't want to just buy something and some shoes off the peg and not not have them sort of. I'm I'm, I'm quite a stickler for shoes. I think you can get whatever gear you like from anywhere, but um, don't run in a cotton shirt and yeah. get your shoes measured. Anything else you can buy or borrow or whatever from anywhere but shoes cotton shirt run in the rain you'll never do it again <laughs> yeah for sure I, uh, you, or you'll never have a bath again after the experience okay, or a shower <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure um listen brett um i've taken loads of your time already and and i thought like just kind of so before well. we kind of draw to a close and i and i ask you some of the um some of the quicker questions at the end which i do with all the guests okay. um i just want to sure. quickly ask what what your plans are um, for the upcoming kind of year after COVID? Um, have you got any any other marathons planned? Um, and, and what kind of goals have you set yourself? Well, at the moment I'm in of I'm in the rescheduled Brighton Marathon for September. But whether that goes ahead or not, I don't know. I keep getting emails from them to say register your interest for 2021. I thought, well, I have already done that. Uh, so I'm getting a feeling that eventually they'll say, would you like to actually transfer that place? Cause we're not going to be able to run it this year. Um, I haven't actually entered too many other races now because of this. I mean, great South run I'm in, which again is October, isn't it? Yeah. Um, the Portsmouth coastal marathon, I said never again, cause it was that, that was one of my worst races, um, ever this this one just gone it was so slippery um i just really didn't enjoy it i could have gone over loads of times i just thought no no and next year i'm running the i'm going to do half i'm going to do the relay half but i'm not running the whole marathon and run it with um paul griffin and then the other bad one was the standstill slog from years ago it was a really bad one it was so hot i thought I may not come out of this alive. Yeah, and one of your, terrible. One of your, yeah, one of your previous interviewees, Katie Carew Robinson. It was um, back then. I didn't know her then, but I, I, I was so struggling that day. I mean, it was just baking hot, and I didn't really. It was only my second half, and 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 we ran through a field of wheat, and the heat coming off the yellow wheat was just energy sapping, and. Um, I remember we I stopped at a water point for about two, three minutes just to get myself together. And there was a, I don't know who the guy was, but Katie was there. I later found out it was Katie. And we helped each other round a major part of that race through the woods, tree roots and observing things. And, and it, yeah, really horrible race that was. My, um, I'd, I'd love to just do more races. But I'm, I'm loath to enter things at the moment because, you, you know, if, We've got, we had loads of holidays booked and they're being either cancelled or we're postponing or we're getting vouchers to use another time. <clears throat> I'd love to do um, some of the Lakeside 5 series, but I know the first two have been cancelled. I suspect the third one will be cancelled as well. 
Um, but ironically, I was saying to someone today, that might be one race that might be one of the first ones to go ahead. Because if they, it's usually only got about 100 people up at um, Lakeside, only usually about 100 people. So if they say, right, we'll have this race, we'll limit it to 100 people. There's hardly any spectators. Um, it could be spread out. Um, 100 people will be spread out with finishing times between 15 and 30 minutes. So that yeah. might be one of the things that you could see could work. Uh, I mean, I can't see Parkrun. It's so busy now. You can't limit numbers, can you? I don't know. But we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. I, I, I'd, I'd love to do... Well, I've really wanted to do races. Hailing Billy. I mean, I've actually won some trophies from the Hailing Billy 5 mile. I can't do that this year. Um, but even if we have to wait till next year, at, at least all these things will come about. So it's interesting to hear kind of sure. like the kind of stuff that you want to do. So... So that's great. It will it will come. It will be 2021 at the worst case. I want to do the I'd like to do the local ones. There's races I do regularly that I'd just like to do again and again and again. And I can't do all of them. I was looking forward to doing Balkan a 10k this year, which I hadn't done last year. So I was really looking forward to that one. But um yeah, it's not being too ambitious now. Um just hope to just get back running with my club and running with park run and just other people really even if there aren't any races i don't i don't know it's just it's very difficult to um just enjoy it just enjoy it mate i mean it sounds like you're doing just the right thing you keep up your training you're loving it and like you say when it gets back to us being able to run together and stuff we'll enjoy it even more it will be great yeah sure we will (laughs) listen brett i'm going to finish with some questions um you can answer these quickly um it's just a little bit Kind of like a bit of fun at the end um, <laughs> to find out a bit more about you. Um, my first question, uh, which is normally my first one for the guests, is if you're going to head out around Portsmouth for a run, uh, what route is your favourite to pick? Favourite treat of a run. Favourite treat of a run. Um, actually, um, my, my favourite... One is, is is straight from from Baffin, straight down Milton, Milton Common, Loxway Road, Bransbury Park, East Knee Toilets, and then along the seafront for however far I'm doing. If I can get to the castle, do some hills there or something, great. But um, yeah, that's like my favourite one. Okay, cool. Sounds good. Well, uh, what what current what music are you currently listening to? Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit well it's, it, it, yeah. um, and just we're, we're actually going through a lot of our cd we've got loads of cds and i'm still a cd person because mm-hmm. i like to have physical copy. we were just playing lots of various cds that perhaps we don't play too often for a chance we've got a bit more time um but I, i'm listening to a local radio station called the flash which is from waterlooville uh okay. on 104.3 fm and, and dab it's it's run by volunteers there are there's a couple of park run people do um shows on there and it's quite at the moment where they have to can't go into the studio a lot of them have set up studios in their sheds and their bedrooms and are doing shows okay. from there and playing some of it's playing their old vinyl and 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 it when it first started it sounded a little bit amateurish but they are amateur but now it's a bit more polished and they play they play all sorts of stuff from like the 60s uh up to date and 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 not the usual stuff that they you play they're playing 
So they won't play the big hit from someone. They'll play the follow-up that wasn't a hit or something else or something a little bit obscure, a little bit more, a little bit more to it. And and some of the sort of uh, albums I'm listening to are classics like Carol King's Tapestry, um, okay. Dusty Spring. It doesn't say. I mean, people look at me and think, oh, he's a real rock fan. Yeah, I am. Um, ACDC. Um, Foo Fighters. I really like a band from Ireland called The Stripes, um, who are like a 60s band, but they're only in their late teens. Um, yeah, I, I, it I varies. I, and it depends what mood it depends what mood I'm in. I want to put something on. I mean, if I want to, sometimes I'll just put like Steely Dan on, who are just, there's nobody like Steely Dan. Um, they're, they're just a unique sound. Um, just really, really mix, mix, mixes up anything, but okay. I, I don't to like a mix, anything. A mix of music. As long as it's got a real drum beat on it, that's okay. Mm. I don't like anything with um, uh, what I call pretend synthetic drums, which rules out most dance music. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, what's your favourite uh, post-run or race routine? Something you like to treat oh, yourself to after a good run? Post, well... I think we've really got to go with the the park run one because it's a regular. Um, what we tend to do now is not head to the what was Roxby's uh, now the Briny. We tend to head onto the pier to the deep blue uh, pot of tea, and I think the uh, lady there who she's upsold me because I used to have bacon sandwich and then it was bacon and egg, and now she's got me onto um, then it was poached egg and now she's got me on to um omelette so it's obviously costs more but <laughs> she's she's yeah. gradually persuading me to have but that's great with with various park run people some from my club some from all various people in there it's just just a great and then you're, you're there anticipating the times to come through you know oh i've got it i've got a message oh it's on my phone i can't <laughs> Yeah, that's quite good. I, I miss I miss that part of it. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. Brett, what's your favourite bit of running kit? Favourite bit of what? Sorry. Uh, what's your favourite bit of running kit? Like your the favourite piece of equipment? Oh, yeah. running kit. Well, apart from my uh, Baffin's vest, of course, um, and the the buff that I wear all the time, um, usually around my. I think it's got to be the running buff because I wear it. Um, in the winter, I'll wear it around my head, covers my ears up, stops from getting cold. Um, in summer, I wear it similarly, stops my ears getting sunburned or my head getting sunburned. And at the moment, I'm wearing it around my neck. And then if I go past anybody, I can sort of pull it up over my mouth and nose, um, like a sort of makeshift uh, face mask thing when I'm shouting good morning to somebody so they don't think I'm spluttering and breathing all over them that's so the i don't think it's the had. running that's the best answer i've had for a bit of running kit <laughs> that's amazing yeah, and not, i think i think you're, you're you're pretty you're pretty well known as well for your for your uh to call it your your buff or your bandana as you wear it on your head so yeah, i, I yeah. never see you without it <laughs> yeah that's brilliant um and uh one other question uh can you recommend anyone a good running book or running film that you've read or seen Ooh. Not necessarily. I can't think of a film offhand. Running book. Again, I'm trying to think of one offhand. I've read a few. I can't even. 
think of the titles now. I read one about a guy doing a load of um, uh, ultras trying to do, uh, and uh, oh, I can't think of the titles of them now. I've got them upstairs. If I could go and get them, was that was that, was that one? Of, was that one a recent one by any chance? The guy who did the ultras. I think he was. He was. He sort of. I've had read one of Vassal Alexander's ones, which was quite good. Um, oh. When he he's trying to um and but the other one he was trying to run um the the, the one in um greece and, and he does yeah yeah it's all this he does all this preparation and he does all these massive massive long runs for it and it's all going so well and then he just it just falls apart because it's just such a brutal race it's just such mm. a brutal race and you sort of feel for him i just i say i can't remember the, the title or even the right <laughs> okay no that's fine that's alexander go and google him and you'll see the book about spartathlon i can't remember the name of it myself but i, I know the one that you yeah, mean so, so that's good and they tend to have tend to have titles um the uh, uh, names of songs as well i think um just like old songs from the 80s but i can't remember offhand yeah brett listen it's been absolutely fantastic uh, getting to chat to you about your running and stuff and, and it's it's fascinating hearing your story um, and yeah I really look forward to kind of hooking up for a run in the future with you once all oh, this yeah. is over um, but before <laughs> before I say a final goodbye is there something you'd like to add that kind of I guess summarizes um, how you feel about the Portsmouth running community as a whole and, and how much it means to you and stuff um, I'd just like to say I've met um, some really great people from all, all the clubs that I can think of. Um, uh, obviously, I'm, I'm a Baffins person, and, and they are just absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah. What Helen and Julie have done, they should be nominated for some sort of award. Well, we haven't done it, I don't know. But um, um, just some of the other people, just so but people I've already mentioned on, on uh, you know, during the interview, um, and some of the other clubs, just some really great people, and even, even further afield, like Stubbington people, um, Fairham, Victory. I, I think every single club I've met, and some of these are people I've met, just spoken to on the start line of a race, and yeah. then. Um, two years later, you see them again at another race, and you go, "Hello again." I mean, there's a guy called Daniel Baker who I who runs for Southampton. He's really, really fast, and he I met him. I think it was it may have been Gosport or Stubbington, and um, I don't think I was too far behind him. But what I didn't realise that he'd been had quite a bad injury and was coming back. And he just he, he's running like park running 15 minutes now, you know, and yeah. he but he'll always chat to me. He'll always chat. I've got him on Facebook, you know, and, 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 and to him, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not even anywhere near his league. But you tend to find, um, you know, it, it's not this. Obviously, there are some elite people around who and, and they're elite because that's they're almost professional, some of them. But yeah. um, I've found most most people are uh, just really, really friendly, helpful, tips here and there, you know. Um, yeah, and, and the Portsmouth running, because Portsmouth's quite small and condensed, as I say, small town Portsmouth is one of my uh, things. You, you, you're, ne- you, you're never more than two people away from somebody you know. It's, it's yeah. crazy. <laughs> crazy. Yeah, that's good. And I look that's forward to good. running. I, 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 
up yeah, from falling to knowing you. You, be good. Can you can do it 24 times or 22 times and I'll do it twice. <laughs> I don't think I'll be going back there anytime soon, Brett. I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to have have a few nightmares um, over the next weeks about Farlington Avenue. But uh, yeah. yeah, if anybody's interested to go and see that, you can have a look at Strava. It was uh, it was pretty good fun. Brett, listen, brilliant stuff. Thank you so, so much for taking your time. Um, enjoyed this and immensely. hope you enjoyed it and uh, kind of speaking through your running. Brilliant. Really good. And I must catch up with some of the uh, your more recent ones that you've done. <laughs> Please do. They're all there. Great stuff, Brett. Yeah. Keep safe. Thank Take care, much. mate. And you, and you, mate. Cheers. Cheers.